So we're going to open up with prayer and uh, we're going to dive into God's word together. Almighty God, we thank you uh, for this time of holy worship. God, that we get to reflect upon our lives, go to you in humility, because God, we need you. God, and we thank you for the cross, that you are willing to die for us. God, that you are willing to sacrifice everything and, and ask that question and tell your Father, God, not my will, but yours. Be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So tonight, um, some of what I have to say, I put with excerpts from Ashes the Easter from the North American Lutheran Church because I don't believe in, uh, in school. You don't copy people's paper and not talk about it. So uh, the NALC every year has a Lenten devotional. Uh, that is a denomination we belong to, if you don't know. Uh, so go on to their website, and they have a devotional for every single day during Lent. It's always powerful. I've been following it the last four or five years. And so some of what I have to say comes from that devotional. Some comes from me. Uh, some comes from the last three years. And as uh, I have developed the service that you have, uh, that you're experiencing this evening, uh, God has been really good through it. So um, Ash Wednesday really is that threshold uh, when we step into that season of Lent. Uh, in generations past, it seemed Christians knew more about what they were stepping into. Today, society as a whole pays no attention to Ash Wednesday and Lent, and the inattention is reflection in the is a reflection in the lives of many Christians today. So uh, I'll give you two examples of this. One was right here in Dundalk when we went to go get a king cake made. And uh, the lady says to me, she says, you know, before making king cakes here at the bakery, which if you didn't know, you can get a king cake in Dundalk. Um, she says, I didn't, I didn't even know what Lent was. I didn't know what Lent was. I didn't know what all this was about. And last year, uh, when we were in Chiefland in the small town, you know, it was a Baptist country. Uh, so there are not a whole lot of people that do liturgy. But we did at the Methodist Church, and we had our Ash Wednesday service. And at some point, we went to the local drive-through burger place. And this teenage kid that was working there said, "What are those black marks on your forehead?" <laughs> right? Like people have no idea. Now we read the Matthew passage, and we don't want to be like the hypocrites uh, fasting in public. But in the same sense, it's a symbol to the world that we belong to Jesus. Um. And so tonight we're going to have our ashes put on our forehead, and it's going to be a little different. There's Q-tips up here, like you get at the doctor's office, those giant ones. And me and Deacon Jim here are going to try our best to use it as art students on your forehead uh, because we're trying to be COVID-friendly. So um, it's going to be a unique experience. But you get to go out into the world uh, between tonight and uh, maybe tomorrow, if it hasn't washed away completely, and be a witness for Jesus. Ash Wednesday is even more neglected this year, right? With, with the pandemic, the reality is many people are still not worshiping for Ash Wednesday. Uh, and many people are not going to have ashes put on their forehead because they're, quite frankly, concerned. And if tonight you don't feel like you can come up, don't feel that I'm going to judge you. Um. But Ash Wednesday has been put on the sidelines. Now, some of my brothers and sisters of the clergy are doing drive-through Ash Wednesday services this year. 
where you can go through your car, you poke your forehead out, and you get your blessing from dust you came, the dust you will return, right? But sadly, this reminder from Genesis 3.9 is not, 19 is not being spoken this year. Uh, the truth is that life is really short and that we are blessed with every moment that we have, right? And uh, I know, um, you know, some people in this congregation turn 90 this week, right? I think, is that you this morning, this evening, right? You turn 90 this week. Um, and, and I've had the honor to know many people in their 90s. And, and I kind of asked, you know, what was that secret to life? Uh, and I can tell you, as people get older and they're, they're ready at, at some point on their deathbeds, they ask, you know, what, what, would, what do you regret? And it's always, I wish I would have spent more time with my family. I would have spent more time with Jesus in the Bible. Uh, it's never about their job or nonsense, right? It's always about their loved ones. They wish they would have had more time with them. Uh, life is so short. A hundred years is really not that long when you think about it. Uh, so these words of repentance during Lent, uh, we get to come to face with the shortness of life. Um, we get to uh, trust in a holy God. Uh, we, we hear the parable where uh, men trusted in themselves and treated others with contempt, um, which contrasts the tax collector, right? You guys know the story where the tax collector looked up to heaven, beating his chest, saying, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Have mercy on me, a sinner, right? That's what Lent is all about. That's what Ash Wednesday is all about. Uh, it's to come to grips with our own sinfulness, realizing and acknowledging we cannot justify our trust in ourselves so that we turn anew to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who died and was raised for us, that we might be forgiven, saved, and redeemed by God's grace. The journey of Lent is intended to create a, a, and renew a broken and repentant heart. So let's talk about that. What is a repentant heart in common terms, right? It means that I actually care, like I'm sinning and I'm hurting people and I want to do something different, right? Um, you kind of get this with maybe people that have addiction issues where a hundred times they say, you know, I'm sorry, I picked up another drink. This is speaking from personal experience, right? But until it hurts and it hurts and it hurts and they go before the Lord and they're repentant, and they truly want to change their lives, that's when it happens. When they go before Christ and they accept they can't do it on their own, that they need Jesus to intervene in their life. So that's what we're talking about, a repentant heart. I mean, you, you truly want change. It's not, God, I'm sorry I lied and I don't want to go to hell, so please forgive me. That's, a, that's the first level of repentance. You acknowledge it's a sin. The second level is that you truly want to have a changed life in Christ. That's what the Christian faith is all about. We are molded, right? He's the potter, we are the clay. 
We are the clay that Jesus is molding. Uh, so this year we get to, to refocus again for Lent. We get to accept that maybe in 2020, maybe I did some things that weren't what Christ would want me to do. Anybody? Anybody have some sin that they're, man, if I, if I said it right here in the middle of the church, everyone would be like, you know, blushing and whatnot, right? Everyone's got that sin in their life. Um, it's, it's not really to be nothing embarrassed about. It is what it is. It's part of our human condition. It's a reorientation of our hearts and our eyes. Turned away once again from the many things towards one thing that we need. Jesus Christ. So may Ash Wednesday and Lent find us humbly sitting at the feet of Jesus with a renewed focus on our Savior and Lord. See, the focus of Ash Wednesday and Lent appears to be a call to individual followers of Jesus to return to me with your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. We receive the ashen cross on our foreheads as a personal and visible reminder that without the cross of Christ, we are but dust and ashes. On one hand, our journey through Lent is intensely personal. As you and I are called and encouraged to take stock in our own lives, consider our sin and disobedience, availing ourselves of the opportunity day by day. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. At the same time, our reading from the prophet Joel tonight reminds us that Ash Wednesday and Lent also have a communal, corporate dimension. Here we mean corporate as corpus, the body of Christ. The prophet begins by warning the people that because of their sin, there would be a time of judgment. Their nation would be laid wasteland by a foreign power and God's instrument of wrath against disobedience. Now I want you to think through the Old Testament. How many times did God show his wrath? Did God say, you know what? We need a reorientation. We need a flood to come in and clean this mess up. Now we're really we need to be grateful that God tells us he's not going to flood the world again because I think perhaps it would be time. But that's why I'm not God, right? Because I would just say zap every time I got angry. But God is God. God's a God of love. See, this active aspect of our sin and repentance, both as individuals and as a church, come to play tonight. Individuals are called to rend your hearts, return to the Lord, yet a trumpet is sounded as Zion, calling the whole people of God, sanctifying a fast, consecrating the whole body of God's people for repentance and restoration. The word of the Lord through Joel makes it clear, sin and disobedience affect more than the individual. The sins of one person bring consequences upon the third and fourth generation. You got to read the text. Don't be mad at me. Sin within a congregation, including our church, a community, a denomination, or a nation affects the whole. 
So get it? Like when I sin, my sin affects other people. Right? That's the point. Hence the need at times for corporate repentance and returning to the Lord as well as individuals. And I think we've seen this play out in history. We've seen it in the Bible where, again, tonight's scripture, where a whole people group, God tells you must repent and change your ways. And my favorite one would probably be Jeremiah, right? Where God uses a young prophet to speak to the rulers of the land, change your ways or the Lord is going to get angry. And they did. As we enter into the season of Lent, consider how you are stepping over the threshold of Ash Wednesday, not alone, but together within the whole congregation, with your family and perhaps, yes, the whole body of Christ on earth. So let us begin this 40-day period where we join Christians throughout the world and preparing ourselves to experience anew the agony of Good Friday and the wonder of Easter Sunday. Throughout the next six and a half weeks, we'll have the opportunity to reflect over and over again on these basic truths of our faith. All have sinned. All have sinned. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 All can be forgiven. All will die. And all can live forever. Each of these statements is true on its own. Yet we only recognize their full potency when we examine them together this evening. Sin and forgiveness. Death and eternal life. May Ash Wednesday and Lent find us humbly sitting at the feet of Jesus with renewed focus on our Savior and Lord as we continue to worship and gather this Wednesday in Lent and every Wednesday in Lent. I hope to see all of you the next several weeks. Let us reflect on this basic truth of life and the need of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you uh, for the cross. We thank you for eternal life, God, because uh, we know that we are uh, sinners, God, and we're guilty of death without you. God, renew our church. Renew us individually. Renew Christians worldwide this Ash Wednesday. God, for this time of true repentance and reorientation and our faith and life with you. In Jesus' name, amen.